0: Welcome to Pottery Visited, episode 23. Today we are covering chapter 5 of Chamber of Secrets, The Whomping Willow.
1: Or, as we like to call it, Reading the Tree. This is kind of a a crazy chapter. So much happens, and there's so many location changes. Like, we have so many chapters in the Harry Potter series that's like, this entire chapter happens, like, in the dorms, or like, at one house, like, just the burrow, or... And this one, it's so many location switches, and the train station, the car, Hogwarts.
0: It's a lot, it's a- Yeah, the, they start the burrow too. Even the last chapter, like the last two chapters, we've just been going from location to location. Yeah. This book really expands like the greater world or it starts to at least. And it really goes into introducing us to all the different transportation
1: methods. Like this this is a big, big book when it comes to learning about wizard transportation. I'm pretty sure we don't learn about disapparating so much here, but in, I mean, I guess we do a bit with the house elves. So they do discuss it. So it's really a big book for expanding on how wizards sort of travel. Magic cars and trains and fireplaces.
0: All that's missing is a port key. All that's missing is a port key. I think the author said that she didn't want to introduce too many different things. So it's always like we get one kind of main transportation or communication method, like a book. So this book was, like, big on flu powder. hmm But uh, starting off with the chapter, we just kind of get Harry's, uh, like, feelings about his month at the borough and getting ready to go back to school. And it was the best month of his entire life, which is so sad. Because, yeah, he, he almost, like, doesn't want to leave the borough, but he's really excited to go back to school because usually school's his safe place. But he really enjoyed the burrow, so he has kind of, like, that normal experience where, like, you he experiences like home as an actual home instead of just like a place for the first time yeah the love and the warmth of the weasley family and something i did notice is that when mrs weasley made like um her big like end of the summer dinner for like her family and harry she did a lot of harry's favorites and i feel like that's very intentional because we know that he is basically star at the beginning of the summer yeah and i feel like she's spent this last month trying to like Get him back to being, like... Healthy weight. In good health. And she knows that the school will handle it. But I feel like Mrs. Weasley's a mom and she worries. And she's just, like... She doesn't outright say anything bad about the Dursleys. But it's kind of like what you said before in previous episodes. Like, it's not their business. They don't outright say stuff. But they know... They do know. They just don't specify it. So, yeah, she's doing... Yeah, he just... Needs to eat more. <laughs> yeah, she's mothering him. I mean, my mom would do that too. Some scrawny kid shows up. She's like, you need to eat something. And one of the incidents is Harry like actually voices that he's jealous of Ron, that Ron gets this basically this life. And he has to go back to the Dursleys yeah. the following summer. And he's not looking forward to it. And we kind of, a, a lot of the series, especially in the earlier books, really shows how Ron is jealous of Harry and how Ron's insecurities have him taking it on harry but we also see like how much harry is jealous of ron as well which isn't he doesn't really ever voice it to ron and ron does share a lot of his life with harry but it's just like ron has these such normal things for a 12 year old and harry's just so jealous of these normal things that he should have and be entitled to and he just doesn't
1: yeah it's a It's interesting. They have very different lives, and they appreciate things differently because of
0: it. Yeah. So they are getting ready for the first day of school, and they're all running around, like, half-dressed, eating pieces of toast. Yeah. Up and down the stairs, trying to find stuff, and this just is such a first day of school to me like even though we didn't go to boarding school but we had to catch a bus to school and this just reminds me the first day of school was like making sure you have all your stuff and you're trying to eat breakfast. Yeah I'm running around the house I'm trying to decide what to wear I put out different outfits I'm trying to decide if I have time to do eyeliner. You get you get to that bus stop or else the bus is gonna leave without you and you're we didn't live far from the school but if we missed the bus it was parents were not happy.
1: I would go to your house in the morning and hang out there before the bus came because you were right by the bus stop and sometimes I'd have to have your sister approve my outfits because there are a few times I wore something to school that was embarrassing for my friends. So I had to have like certain outfits approved by Brittany before I could go to school.
0: I liked your school style. People back then weren't ready but things that you wore then would have been cool now. You were just ahead ahead of your time.
1: Anyhow point is everybody has things
0: they have to go through in the morning getting ready to go to the first day of school. So they all get ready and um... They're running it late, and Mr. Weasley's driving them in th- their, like, for Angula. We're just making a comeback. And he makes all these magical conversions without telling Molly. So, like, he increases the size. So, they, it just, I'm trying to picture it, because it just seems like it looks like the tents in Goblet of Fire, where they look normal on the outside, but on the inside, they're, like, increased. Yeah, it's an expanding charm, for sure. So, I think, for, I think the four of them, like, Harry, Ron, Fred, and George, all sit together, like, in one, like row. Yeah. All comfortably and I'm trying to picture that and all I can think of is a bus like
1: a bus seat. I think of it like kind of like a clown car you know how like the 12 clowns get out of one tiny car. I can see it. I can picture it in my mind. It's it's a look. It's a mode of transportation that I would try
0: all I can think of it is my mom needed that car yeah like a magically expanded car back in the day like I spoke about how like we buy families kind of like the Weasleys where we just were the hub for everyone to hang out at so we always had kids over or like we were always the ones asking our friends to come over after school we used to have a minivan so it worked but when we decreased like car sizes or whatever it's like how many kids can you fit in the car <laughs>
1: So as they're uh, rushing out the door, everyone forgets something important. But Ginny, of all the important things to forget that would have made things a lot easier this year, she almost forgot her diary, a.k.a. Tom Riddle's diary, a.k.a. the horror crooks, a.k.a. the object that initiates all of the plot in this book.
0: (laughs) Jenny, Jenny, Ginny. If only she had forgotten it. I feel like if I was Mrs. Weasley, if people forgot stuff at that point when we were already in the car, I'd be like, too late, I'll send it to you. But maybe they are thinking Errol couldn't, like, actually do that because the Weasley's owl's, like, dying. Yeah. But I was just like, a diary's small enough. Because I think Fred forgets his broomstick. Um, they could just tape the diary to the broomstick and do a good Akio broomstick from Hogwarts and hope for the best. So of course, when they get to King's Cross, they have about 15 minutes to inconspicuously like get onto the train and get on this train and everything. So they're all rushing, but they still need to take turns because um, I don't think they play it much in the movie, but in the books, like they have, they're trying to be inconspicuous, like not just running into the wall and having no one notice because it doesn't really happen like that. Muggles would be confused by that in reality, yeah. So they have them all go one at a time. And then Mrs. Mr. and Mrs. Weasley, I don't know why they like didn't have, I don't know why one of them didn't wait for Harry and Ron because I think one of them went with one of the older boys. But I just feel like as a parent, you usually have one at the front and one at the back to make sure all your kids are like with you. I mean they have so many it's probably really hard to keep track yeah (laughs) they're like okay
1: we've got a couple here let's go hope for the best as long as Ginny the first year knows what's happening they are probably so concerned
0: making sure Ginny who is probably very stressed because it's her first year well yeah Mrs. Weasley does go with her and I get that but I just feel like Mr. Weasley maybe should have come back to make sure Harry and Ron got on because I think he went with Percy probably he absolutely should have they're in a rush to get their kids in and my whole point is Wouldn't it be, I think it would be more common for people to miss the train? Just knowing transit and just knowing children. Like, I know they have magic, so, like, Absolutely. Most people can get there pretty easily, but I just feel like things happen, and shouldn't there be a protocol for if kids miss the train? like Traffic.
1: Yeah, I feel like because it's the train once a year to school, kind of, it's less likely to be missed than, like, a bus to school when you live near, like, when you live at home and commute to school, so it's, like, more serious so it's kind of like missing a flight and I figure like when I have flights I am so early even if it's domestic flight I'm like three hours early at the airport just so I don't have to freak out and I know I'm a very particular kind of person like I can see Gryffindors doing what the Weasleys are doing last second running out the door forgetting things I wouldn't (laughs) It's not who I am but I could see it happening and I feel like it is kind of negligent that they don't have something in place for kids that miss it because there's gonna have to be at least a couple every
0: year in my mind. I just feel like there has to be like one or two like at least like one for every sure. year because it's just like things you can't control everything.
1: Yeah Dumbledore you can't control everything.
0: Like magic does help you get there quicker but thinking like like there's no way that like no, not one person like misses the train.
1: <laughs> in my mind there should be some sort of like parent of a student or someone on the board whose job it is to make sure once the train has left that there's no like wizard kids wandering around by the platform and there should be like a port key or it's like that assigned person's responsibility to like go via flu powder with the forgotten child and get them to like Hogwarts like there should be a port key or a person who's responsible for getting the kid there if they miss it like a designated board member. There should have been. It's grossly negligent that there wasn't.
0: Like we do know later on that the, the professors are aware that they, that Harry Ron don't make it and they were looking for like some kind of plan but I just feel like there was something in place and like kids are just like kids aren't gonna think clearly. They're like oh my god I lost the train and like life's over. Like kids kids are life and death with stuff like that. That would have been my like I would just like be like okay time to melt down. <laughs> Yeah, I think we both probably would
1: have just had panic attacks.
0: That would have yeah. been why
1: we didn't steal the car to fly to Hogwarts not lack of rebellion or anything but like we would have to have our panic attack first and by then everyone, all the parents would have been leaving and people would have noticed the lock and someone would have come to deal with the portal issue and someone would have just found us there sobbing messes <laughs> I'd need a seroquil. <laughs> Excuse me Excuse me, I missed the train and I need some medication <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'd probably be in a dissociative state by then. <laughs> anyway, so obviously Harry and Ron try to get through the barrier and they crash and they make a huge commotion and Harry's just letting Hedwig squawk in the middle of like the ground in her cage for like 10 minutes. <laughs> Poor Hedwig. Harry is kind of an idiot sometimes and her life must be really hard. Hedwig's been had a really like rough, like at least summer, like being stuck in her cage for like three two months and then had a good month of the burrow and then like Harry just like jostling her around and and like again running into the
1: wall hard as possible isn't always doesn't seem like the best way to do it full speed ahead like how do they not break their noses um I have concerns but I also have concerns with 12 year old Ron Weasley driving a car how can 12 year old Ron Weasley drive a car first of all It's not a common method of transportation for wizards, so it's not like you want to learn to drive your whole life like a lot of human muggles do and, like, see people driving all the time. Like, it seems like the Weasleys don't even use their car that often, so it doesn't seem like there's been enough opportunity
0: for Ron to learn to drive. And also, even if there had, he's 12. Yeah, you have here that you can't even drive when you're 27.
1: (laughs) I can't. Driving is really hard. I tried my friend's uh, electric scooter a while ago because she didn't have a driver's license yet and she could handle that. And I fell over the front and ran myself over with it. Oh, so gosh. Um, I shouldn't be driving. It's because I'm magic and not a muggle and muggle transit just doesn't suit me. That's all.
0: Yeah, I mean, we I also can't drive if we're exposing us and I'm 28.
1: Two Slytherins who can't drive. We should just rename <laughs> the podcast.
0: Yeah, that, that's the new podcast. I do think that we should cut us some slack because we both moved to cities that were like high-density cities with good transit. Yeah, but I'm just thinking. So the whole thing is that they're all... Free- Ron and Harry freak out because we missed the train and Harry's like... Ron doesn't know how to deal with muggles and um, Harry's like, Okay, we need to like get away from here. We're causing a commotion. Let's go sit by the car and wait for your parents. And Ron's whole deal is like, oh, we'll just try to car Hogwarts. And it's just such a 12-year-old boy and Gryffindor thing that they just don't think about common logic and be like, oh, wow." they just wait for Mr. and Mr. Weasley because they're all worried about like, oh, we're already late. And if we go there, let's just leave now. But it's just like committing crimes
1: and potentially dying is much less severe than being a bit late. So
0: it's just like most 12-year-olds, like not on this scale, but most 12-year-olds don't think things like this through, like. Just the impatience and everything. Let's just let's just do it now. Mm -hmm. Like they don't think about all like the more logical scenarios, which would be wait for an adult. They're just like nope. The impatience. They have such impatience. Everything is urgent when
1: you're twelve, I guess.
0: My thing is also the fact that they're in like basically. I don't really know London basically, but I'm assuming King's Cross is like. Central London. Yeah. And they're in Muggle London and they're like, yeah, we'll fly the car here. And it's just like in the middle of Muggle London. Yeah. And no license. With this flying car that these two 12-year-olds are driving. And like there's no like they, they got they obviously get seen, but just like what were they expecting? Like they didn't they don't think things through. No, they don't. Not even a
1: little bit. Like they're lucky they weren't in a car accident. Like maybe once they're in the air, there's less stuff to hit. But like they're lucky they didn't crash like before they took off you know and have to wait around while someone calls their insurance and like Mr. Weasley would have to try and talk down muggle
0: police officers. I mean it would be a mess. Well either way they get into the car and there's some issues with the invisibility booster going faulty so they go into the clouds and they're having a really great time at first they just um they spot the train so they go and they check every so often and. They're having laughing fits, and they're...
1: I love a good laughing fit, you know, especially when committing grand theft auto and driving without a license
0: underage. Yeah, and it's just such a 12-year-old perspective. Harry's just describing how awesome it is and how great it is, and this is the best way to travel, and they can't wait to see friend or just faces when they, like, gracefully land on the Hogwarts grounds, and they don't think about getting in trouble at all. Of course not. Because 12-year-old Gryffindors. Just have one-track minds. Yeah.
1: I feel like first year, everyone should be assigned a buddy from another house. And, like, Slytherin should get Hufflepuffs, and Ravenclaws should get Gryffindors. And the Gryffindor, whenever they're uncertain of something, should have to ask their Ravenclaw buddy. Be like, hey, miss the bus or train Should I steal a car and try and fly it there? And Ravenclaw would be like, not a good idea. You know? And if Slytherin's like, "Mm, do I want to push this person out of the way to make my life easier? Their Hufflepuff buddy could be like, "Mm, maybe don't. Like, really? There's an idea. Like pen pals, but from a different house. Quill pals.
0: No reasonability. (laughs) Moving forward, they eventually realized that traveling in the car was not very fun because it's like hot they don't have any water. And
1: they're ignoring all the weird car noises as if they were muggles and it was the check engine light. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Basically, the car's making noises and Ron's like, oh, the car's never been this far before, which is probably another thing they should have thought about. Because I think the furthest they've ever driven it is probably to London and back. Yeah. And the furthest they flew it was to Surrey and back. And we always assume that Hogwarts is somewhere in Scotland. So. Yeah. International crime. Ooh. Crossing borders. <laughs> so of course, as they've reached Hogwarts, the it gives out and crashes into this brilliantly placed tree, the Womping Willow. Glorious, beautiful tree. Whenever I read this tree, I just or this tree, this scene, I. Technically, it's printed on paper, and therefore you are in fact reading the tree. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> but I love. I just imagine the movie because obviously I saw the, the film before I read the book when I was a kid. And just like the scene of them crashing to the willow. Amazing. Yep. It's beautiful. Just like the shock and everything. And yet another reason why Hedwig has been put through the ringer because she gets jostled around before and she gets more jostled around after. Yep. She's just not having a, a good couple months. She She deserves a vacation. <laughs> So Ron takes his wand out, which I thought was, like, I don't know what he's thinking of doing. He takes his wand out to, like, I don't know, stop them. What magic does he know that can get them out of that at this point? Arresto Locomoto. (laughs) They don't know any magic besides, like, Lumos. (laughs) (laughs) They haven't done spells yet, is a true fact. Yeah, because we always talk about how Harry knows no spells or he doesn't know magic at this point. Yeah. But neither does Ron. And so he takes his wand out and, of course, they get jostled. And so he snaps it and it basically broken yep and it takes a lot to break a wand yeah i assume so and this is like a hand-me-down wand too so that's already partially broken anyway so yeah it's seen some things it's these old wand just, I don't know what Ron, Ron's logic was. But of course, as we said this entire time, they weren't really thinking.
1: No, I feel like he was like, oh, bad things are happening. I know magic. Yeah. <laughs> He's just like magic is the solution to everything. Well,
0: that's probably Ron's default growing up with like yeah. in the magical world. It's just like, oh, something's happening. Me my
1: wand. Meanwhile, in my family, the default is something's broken. Duct tape. <laughs>
0: it's most, most families. Well, I think Harry growing up in the magical World just like, car accident, okay, brace yourself, protect your head. <laughs> Ron's like, nope, magic. Yeah, don't die. After they get out with the Whomping Willow, the car, like, kicks them out of the car and takes off. And it's, like, sentient-like, almost. Like, they kind of show this in the movie. Yeah,
1: it has, it's mad at them. It's pissed
0: off. Yeah, it, like, kicks them out and it, like, takes off. So, like, how does the car gets sentient like because I know Mr. Wister recently enchanted it but it was like basic enchantments I find so it was this like an unintentional like experiment where it just like I don't know.
1: It's very sassy too like I can picture the car putting its hands on its hips and being like oh heck no how dare you like he's personally offended at them for being bad drivers and crashing him into the tree. Yeah. Yeah, he's not ha- happy car, but it
0: was just very... <laughs> I mean,
1: maybe it's in, like, the safety protocol Mr. Weasley put on the car. Like, if it's in an accident, you need to make sure the humans get out of you, because in his mind, that way it doesn't catch on fire with them trapped inside or something. And then get away from them, because maybe it could hypothetically be an on-fire car, and you don't want to be near the people... Like, I feel like it's probably a misinterpretation of something that was intended as a safety feature.
0: But I don't think Mr. Weasley intended them to, like, crash it into a tree or something.
1: <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I mean, maybe. <laughs> Who knows?
0: Those Weasleys. After Harry and Ron, like, get thrown out and they're all bruised and kind of deflated because their grand entrance did not come to fruition. I hate when I plan something in my head and it's awesome and then in real life it falls flat. It's the worst. <laughs> so they go up to the castle... Which happens to them a lot as Gryffindors. <laughs> so they go up to the castle and they have to like drink their trunks there. Hedwig takes off. She's done with Harry, which I don't blame her.
1: She's off with the car. She's like, I've had it with them as well. Thank you very much.
0: Yeah, she's done. Flies away. So they go up to the castle and they're watching a little bit of the sorting. And um, they notice that Snape's not there. And like magic, all of a sudden, Snape appears behind them <laughs> I wish
1: I just think that it's funny how he always shows up whenever they're sort of shit talking him it's like he knows he's like ah they're shit talking me I should go stand menacingly behind them
0: I just like love this whole thing and we're like oh Snape's not there like oh he didn't get the dark arch down and maybe he left and like oh maybe he was sacked. and then Snape's just like or maybe I was wondering why you two weren't on the train. You little shits. love him.
1: (laughs) At least someone was wondering where they were. Like I know he was being a dick about it, but at least someone was like, oh, some children are missing. This could be concerning. Also, it's that one that's very important. Extra concerning. Not only is there missing children, it's the one that
0: Dumbledore gives a shit about. Oh yes. The Mulder's puppet, but uh, we have this instance where Harry's like Snape can totally read my mind. What's up with that? I love that because he totally is to some extent probably reading
1: his mind. Yeah, and <laughs> I love like it's there's something very like about feeling exposed. The idea that he could read your mind, it, it 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 like it's special. Like you don't hear a lot about that, especially early in the Harry Potter books as a thing. So it makes him extra, like, mysterious and...
0: Yeah, Harry always talks about he he feels like Snape Curious yeah. Mind, but we don't know that's actually true until Order of the Phoenix, which is when we find it, but, like, being able to, like, read minds and, like... Legilimency and occlumency and all the cool
1: psychology magics, as I call them. <laughs>
0: Yeah, Harry reflects about being like Dumbledore and Snape. He almost feels like they can read his mind because they always know, but they are reading his mind. Yeah. I mean,
1: yeah. But it's I don't know, kinda sexy when he's reading people's minds. He knows all the things and he's sitting there pretending he doesn't, but he totally knows, and it's it's beautiful. An invasion of
0: privacy. Yeah,
1: yeah. They're not thinking anything too personal, they're shit talking
0: him. <laughs> He has a right to read their mind when they're shit thinking him. So Harry, Ron are like full of dread. They're like, okay, this is it. We're being expelled. Because I mean, at this point, <laughs> why wouldn't they be expelled? So it so takes them to his office, and he's just you know, reaming into them that they were caught by Muggles, and it's in the Daily Prophet. And poor Mister Weasley's gonna like have an inquiry at work, which Harry feels terrible about because, as he said that in the earlier chapter, the beginning of this chapter, like the borough. For the was at the borough was like the best of his life, and he feels so grateful to Mr Mr. Weasley and he feels like an idiot for getting them in trouble basically. But you know, they don't they don't it's hindsight, twenty twenty. They don't think about stuff like that.
1: No, they don't. They don't think about that stuff at all. And I think to an extent I don't know if Snape wants them actually expelled as much as he likes the idea of someone who looks like James Potter actually facing consequences for their actions. Like, I feel like that would be very appealing to Snape.
0: Snape likes the the like the superiority or like the power he has over them. So like, obviously Harry and Ron are in the wrong, but like he knows this, and so he's. I feel like he's taking advantage of the facts. Like they're already like scared shitless. Yeah, he's he's
1: having fun with it. I think because I think he knows for the greater good of wizardry Harry Potter needs to learn magic and be at Hogwarts where he's safe and supervised so I think for Snape going into this is like Harry Potter's gonna get away with it they're gonna give him like a tiny little slap on the wrist and he's gonna continue doing dumb shit I can at least get some personal joy out of the moments before he realizes that you know he's he's just taking his moment and trying to savor it. That's all.
0: Yeah, well, the difference is that while Snape's, like, yelling at them for basically doing this terrible thing, which they did, he wouldn't listen to their side of the story. And so he gets McGonagall, who he says is going to expel them. And she comes with Dumbledore and, um, you know, she listens to their story and she's not happy with them. But... They're not getting expelled. But uh, when McGonagall comes in, she, uh, after the boys find out they're not expelled, McGonagall raises her wand to give them food and, like, sustenance because they hadn't eaten dinner. And Ron and Harry flinch. And I'm just like, what do they think McGonagall was going to do to them? Oh, my God. Beat them? I don't... You know, like... <laughs> transfigure them into like a tadpole or something. I don't know. I mean, honestly,
1: I feel like that would be fun. I mean, they're not supposed to use transfiguration on students as a punishment as we learn in book four, but still it would be funny. But I think that's just like a jump reaction to sort of having a weapon pointed at you or in your general direction. They're probably a super on edge because of the situation they had a near-death situation. They had a near-expulsion situation. They're terrified. They're on edge. They're nervous. And then all of a sudden, she turns around and points the equivalent of a chainsaw at them. You know? And they're like, Welp. Doomed. She's not expelling us. She's killing us. The end. And now Neville has to fight Voldemort.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, McGonagall puts out some, like, yeah, some really great points, but, like, how Harry had Hedwig this whole time and he didn't think to send a message to them. They didn't wait for Mr. and Mrs. Weasley, who obviously could have, like, sent an even quicker message for, like, a flu or something.
1: All these options, and they use none of them because the best option was clearly steal the car. Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> Again.
0: <laughs> All the crime these kids commit.
1: Seriously, honestly, that should be a one of the things we calculate later on at some point during our podcasting days, is, like, how much of a prison sentence have each of the Golden Trio racked up for themselves?
0: You have a quote here that, um, about what McGonagall says to Harry.
1: Yeah, when she was talking to the boys and Harry's like, I don't think, and McGonagall's like,
0: that is obvious. I'm like, yeah,
1: he, in fact, he does not. That is correct.
0: Yeah. One thing is that Harry, uh, says that he'd rather be beaten by the and Will than have Dumbledore disappointed in him because Dumbledore says that he's disappointed in them. He's, like, not angry. They're not being expelled, but he's very disappointed. Yeah. And Harry actually says, like, he almost wished Dumbledore would shout at him because that's, like... It's just, like... I feel like any kid can relate to just, like, your parents not even being mad at you or yelling at you or telling you off. They're just, like... They can't even look at you. They're just so disappointed in you. And that's, like... Breaking your heart.
1: Yeah, when they're so disappointed they're not mad, you know you done fucked up. <laughs> I find it interesting how much Harry would rather be beaten nearly to death than have Dumbledore be disappointed, and I think...
0: Yeah, it shows the hold Dumbledore already has on him.
1: They're being dramatic, but it feels a little bit like a cult-like situation in which the worst possible repercussion you can imagine is the displeasure of your overlord. He's been indoctrinated
0: well. Dumbledore and Harry haven't had that... Much like interaction, like face to face. It's like at the end of the last book, they had more face to face time. But, but at this point, Dumbledore's just Harry's like headmaster. He doesn't have like a super close relationship with him yet. Yeah. Like Harry obviously admires him, like all of wizard kind does. But like it already kind of shows like the almost like worship, like like hold that Dumbledore has over him.
1: Yeah. Really, really unhealthy sort of... Uh, I mean, we're
0: not surprised. <laughs> he puts Dumbledore up on a golden pedestal, and everybody puts Dumbledore up on a golden pedestal. I am going to give Snape his first sucks count for this book, which is a big deal, and I'm giving him a sucks point for wanting to expel Harry and Ron even though it's not his position. He does not have that power.
1: It didn't sound like you said sucks there.
0: <laughs> oh, Snape sucks. <laughs>
1: Oh, I need a minute to deal with what it sounded like you said.
0: I think you just need to... I think you just heard what you wanted to hear. And <laughs> I think you need to take a calming breath and remember where you are. I'm at home. Where are you? <laughs> but anyway, the chapter kind of ends where Harry and Ron obviously get off. They're going to get detention, and McGonagall's going to write to her, her family, which I kind of, I feel, isn't fair to Ron, because Harry knows that Drew's sleeves won't give a shit. But to Ron, like, that's a big deal. yeah. So it kind of isn't really equal. It's absolutely the right thing to do either way. Like, it's kind of neither of them's fault that one of their parents is garbage. So they basically broke, like, this statue of secrecy, which is, like, a huge deal. Like, if they weren't children, they'd get arrested. Yeah, they broke the law. They could have died.
1: They damaged property. Absolutely tell their parents. I almost think... Like, telling the Dursleys is a waste because they're not going to do anything worse than what they already do, kind of. But, like, they have to, just out of basic rules, like, there's no way you don't tell the parents about that kind of situation. It's shittier for Ron, but most situations are shittier for Harry because of his home life,
0: so. Although Harry definitely feels bad, like, Harry is just so devastated right now, so I feel like having the Weasleys, like, know makes him feel like shit because he cares so much for the Weasleys already.
1: yeah. Harry feels
0: bad about
1: Ron's parents knowing
0: as much as Ron feels bad about Ron's parents knowing. Uh, Yeah, they get off, they eat their dinner in there because Gonwell doesn't want them making a fuss or anything. Trying to be heroes and legends. Yeah. Yes, she wants to tap down on that. But uh, we also find out that Janae got sorted into Gryffindor. Of course. So all the Weasleys are in Gryffindor, of course. And uh, after they finish eating, they go to the common room where everyone, despite being told not to make a fuss, is making a huge fuss. So there's this whole party, like Harry and Ron are being like pulled in. Fred and George are super jealous. They're like, why don't you pull us back? Which is classic twins. Yeah, they're just like, they're like, you could have died. But how dare you do something where you could have died without us? (laughs) I probably would have gone a bit better if Fred and George were there, I'm thinking, because... I feel like, I mean, we already know Fred is a better driver than Ron. Well, he already knows how to drive the car, and they probably know more magic that they probably maybe could have avoided crashing into the Whomping Willow. Yeah. Maybe? Maybe? I mean,
1: I feel like they would have come up with a better way to get back to Hogwarts, but if Harry and Ron had already said, what about the car? They would have immediately been on board for that option, despite it not being the best option, because it's
0: the most chaotic option. So Hermione, uh, before they guilt in the car room, Hermione runs into them, and she's like, I heard this strange rumor about you guys had been expelled for crashing a car. And they're like, well, we didn't get expelled. I mean... You gotta admit, that's cool.
1: Like, imagine yourself in, like, middle school or high school, rolling up in a stolen car, flying out of it dramatically, showing up late. Like, I'm sure that's the ultimate cool boy entrance. Like, they probably look like the coolest kids in school right now, which is, McGonagall knew would
0: happen. but... Yeah, which is why she tried to, like, tamper it as much as she could. So it, was just, it just kind of secluded to Gryffindor right now, but I feel if they had gone into the Great Hall, it would have been, like, the entire student body. I bet even Slytherins would have been like, okay
1: all right nope that's pretty cool all right okay
0: (laughs) we don't like them but pretty cool but i was just wondering so she says that she had rumors so i'm wondering how did it get out what happened to them like how did if they find out. So someone must have overheard like Snape or McGonagall or Dumbledore.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I'm guessing like a, like a Snape finds out because he's curious and looking for things. He tells McGonagall. Well, they're probably looking for them. Yeah, he goes looking for them and everyone's like, I wonder where Snape is. I wonder what he's doing. I wonder where Harry Potter is. So I'm sure rumors started then immediately like, oh no, Snape is out murdering Harry Potter or something. <laughs> um, and then Snape tells McGonagall, and McGonagall tells Dumbledore. And someone probably overhears that. And they're like, flying car, Harry Potter, Snape's gonna kill him! Like, And then it probably just evolved from like, okay, Snape can't kill him. So he's definitely gonna get expelled, oh for sure. Like, I'm sure it's sort of like Harry's hippogriff tattoo that they talk about later on that was a rumor. I feel like one person heard a version of it. Another person misheard and retold the misheard version. And then somewhere along the line, someone else made something else up to make it better and so i'm sure some people heard that harry got expelled for flying a car into the tree some people probably heard harry and rod got expelled for robbing a family of their car and stealing the car from this family of muggles and then enchanting it themselves and flying it to hogwarts like i'm sure there were various versions of what happened with varying degrees of correctness
0: Harry and Ron are getting all this attention and then Harry, Harry can see Hermione is not very happy with them but they're trying to ignore it and then he also sees Percy coming to talk to them which they do not want so him and Ron like run upstairs to their dormitory to avoid Percy to hide <laughs> and I think Ron says that he knows he's not supposed to enjoy like all that attention but this is kind of like the first time like the attention spit it's on Harry but it's also like shared with him like they're not just saying like oh Harry that was so cool like most of the stuff they did last year it was mostly like Harry kind of outshined him and Hermione but this is something they both did and they're both equal participants in it. Technically Ron was driving he did way more of the work. Yeah so I mean like so yeah so Ron's just like this is one of the first times where Ron gets to like kind of share in this glory with Harry and we can tell that like he really likes having this attention I think especially from Fred and George as his older brothers who were like him and Lee Jordan. Yeah they're proud of him there's something about having your siblings be proud of you Even if it's not
1: for something that would otherwise be considered good, when your sibling is proud of you, you feel good.
0: Yes, and especially as like a younger brother to an older brother, like we know that he idolizes Fred and George, and he's pretty close with them. So I feel like having their, they're cool compared to Percy, who he like barely tolerates. So he's just like Ron's pretty happy, but as we know in the next chapter, it's not going to last for long. No, nothing lasts forever. So do you have any uh? things you want to talk about before we wrap this chapter up um i mean
1: i mean i mentioned it but i i really love how the immediate sort of response out of fred and george whenever something crazy happens is why didn't you invite us you know like we would have a hundred percent like they're such yes people for all of the crazy like they have enough forethought to know something is a bad idea but enough love of chaos and trouble to not care that it's a bad idea and do it regardless and like that's different entirely than I think Harry and Ron's not realizing it's a bad idea and doing it because it feels like a good idea
0: yeah I feel like yeah they just fall into things but Fred and George want the chaos (laughs) yeah
1: Harry and Ron like they don't have the ability to plan ahead quite yet and Fred and George absolutely do and so it's the choice, sort of, the difference between choosing to be a mess and accidentally being one.
0: It definitely reminds me of, or in the Phoenix, where, like, they make all these plans for Harry to talk to Sirius, and Fred and George are doing things that will get them in trouble, but they just don't care. Yeah. They're like, whatever, if we get expelled, it's like, whatever, we're just gonna leave. Like, they're just, like, the chaotic energy. They, like feet of
1: I wonder how much anxiety Hermione gets from just being in the vicinity of Fred and George because they're such polar opposites like for her she's like no you don't understand like you'll get in trouble it will look bad you should like all the things she really values they're kind of like like I feel like she would have an existential crisis if she spent too much time with the twins because she'd start to see them not caring about all the things she always worries about and she'd be like I don't know how to function if grades and staying out of
0: trouble are not top priority, <laughs> well, I think we do see that in Martha the Phoenix* when she's a prefect because she is trying to control Fred and George. And I think part of it's because she's really valuing like her role as a prefect; she takes it very seriously. But I think it, it's also like that's the point when they're doing more of their joke shop stuff, and she's like she she can like she seems physically anxious. Like she keeps looking at them, and she's like trying to tell Ron like you need to talk to them, but Ron's not going to talk to his older brothers. And tell them off, despite being a prefect, because that just crosses a line for him. But like, I think it's referenced that she's very anxious about like what they're doing, because like, she can't help it, because they are completely opposite to her. And I'm sure it does give her anxiety.
1: I think because Hermione is innately a good person, who really values following the rules. There's probably a part of her that like, kind of worries for the twins, because they're so innately not following the rules. I wonder if there's a part of her that worries that they're close to being evil. Like, you know, like, like, she's like, they already break all the rules and sometimes do things that result in other people getting hurt because they think it's fun. How close are they to slipping into just joining the dark side because it's more fun or, like, going too far, crossing lines? And, like, I feel like because we know what the heart and soul of the twins is like we know that would never happen but I can see how someone like Hermione would see that as a potential risk of happening to them.
0: It kind of reminds me like when um they are blackmailing uh Ludo Bagben and uh God of Fire like um they only catch glimpses of like what friends are doing like we know they're doing something and Hermione is the first one to be like maybe they're caught up in something like illegal and she's like super worried and she's like Ron you gotta talk to them because that's like Hermione she worries. And like especially the thing she worries about the twins, because she knows Missus Weasley worries about the twins. And Hermione, I think, just internalizes everyone's worries.
1: They share it. Miss Weasley and Hermione probably write to each other
0: a lot when <laughs> no one else
1: is aware. And they're like, "Hermione, I can't believe the three of you got involved with this." And Hermione's like, "I know. I can't believe we got involved with it either. I'm so stressed."
0: <laughs> oh, she reminds me that, like, I think to control Fred and George, in, or the Phoenix, I think she threatens to write to their mom, <laughs> and it works. Well,
1: I mean, that's a serious. <laughs> Yeah, hell hath no fury like Mrs. Weasley. Yeah,
0: they're like, you wouldn't dare. And she's like, try me. <laughs> the
1: ultimate play. Yeah. She knows getting expelled is her worst fear, but she knows what their worst fear is. Yeah, their mom. <laughs> um. So yeah, I love Weasley Trouble. I uh, think Stephra Snape needs to take his moments to feel joy, and Harry's suffering every so often. If it's the only thing left in the world that gives him any joy, uh, Don't steal cars and always get a license before driving them, especially in public places.
0: Don't drive a car when you're 12, especially a flying car.
1: Just don't do that. Yeah, be careful with your flying cars.
0: Always get a learner's permit first. Always take out insurance.
1: Yeah, insurance. All right, listeners, thank you for listening once again. And thank you for letting us take our little break that we took.
0: It was much needed. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll be back next time to discuss Chapter 6 of Chamber of Secrets, Gilderoy Lockhart. We'll be back to our, the OG influencer of the Harry Potter series. Okay, bye.